0: Compliance, The Final Frontier. Tom Fox is the voyager of Trekking Through Compliance. His mission, to explore the original series and seek out and share what it can teach you about compliance. Here's your host, Tom Fox.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I would like to welcome you to a special encore series of Trekking Through Compliance. This series will focus on the 2020 television show Picard. In this series, I'm joined by Megan Doherty. Megan is co-founder and partner at One Stone Creative, a podcast production firm. Megan is a Star Trek aficionado, although a Voyager Star Trek aficionado. And as all you listeners know, I'm an original series aficionado. Nevertheless, we both love Jean-Luc Picard, and we are going to explore the lessons learned and the shows and our love for Star Trek in the context of Picard. So, sit back and enjoy this special presentation from Trekking Through Compliance. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox and Megan Doherty back for another episode of Picard. So the this week we're going to take up episode eight, Broken Pieces. In this episode of Flashback, shows Narissa's initiation as a Vazash on a planet with eight suns. She experiences the admonition, a warning of the danger of synthetic life left by a long extinct race. Most are driven mad by the knowledge, but Narissa is the only one of the initiates who retains her sanity. Meeting Soji, however, stirs up painful memories for Rios. He eventually tells Rafi that Soji resembles one of the two beings whom Rios' former commander, Captain Vandermeer, was ordered to execute by Starfleet security. Vandermeer committed suicide after the execution, and then Rios covered up the event. That led to his dismissal from Starfleet. Rafi realizes that the two synthetics that Rios and Vandermeer met were from Bruce Maddox's planet. Girardi awakens and admits that she murdered Maddox, explains the vision O gave her, and promises never to harm Sochi. Rafi then explains her deduction that the Vat were behind the synth attack on Mars. Sochi uh, commandeers the Lacerina and plots a course for home, which is followed by Narek, in his small scout ship on the artifact seven of nine re- uh, arrives to rescue elnor and she interfaces with the clean cell queen's cell to use borg drones aboard the cube to retake control but narissa has i don't uh most or at least some of the drones jettisoned into space and sends a fleet to soji's planet so a lot going on in this uh megan what were your kind of overall impressions
0: this was um, probably my favorite episode since the first one. Um, like, I feel like so many questions were answered, and like, like really good plot stuff and and lore stuff was brought up. So yeah, I thought I thought this was tremendously satisfying uh, as an episode.
1: Wow, I thought it 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 posed more questions than it answered. Oh.
0: <laughs> I, it's entirely possible. I was so excited by finally learning, like, oh. Oh, is like a half Romulan, half Vulcan. That's really great knowledge that I missed the questions. <laughs> but, oh, man, I, I just thought it was so great to get that background, um, like from the especially the flashback at the beginning. That was
1: really cool. Well, let's, uh, yeah, maybe we can break it down to uh, the events on the Cube, the events on the La Serena, and then uh, hmm. the flashback to the planet with eight suns. I, I was very disturbed by the entire Borg scene. Uh, We had um, uh, unmitigated murder of innocence. We had the collective come to life. We had, I found an incredibly troubling scene with Seven of Nine when she hooks up to the queen's cell and becomes the new queen. We saw the Borg uh, collective uh, come to life, attack Narissa, attack the rest of the Romulans as Borg do in an unremitting attack uh, in the face of uh, certain death. And we had um, Seven of Nine disconnect from the collective, which just stunned me. What she mm-hmm. felt when she was connected. So, uh, what did you kind of make of? The, the events on the cube.
0: Yeah, that, it was it was wild. Um, it, it was really wild. And I, I liked, I mean, obviously there was a lot of conflict Seven of, was feeling about whether or not to kind of take on the Queen role. Um, and I think she only did it when really pressed and thought, you know, this would be the only way to save the lives of the Borgs and, and possibly the XB. Um, and it was fascinating. So it was kind of making me think that, you know, rather than... Becoming Seven, becoming a Borg again by taking the place of the Queen, all of the Borg kind of became Seven because the Borg are effectively the Queen, right? And I think that's why she still was able to make decisions um, because, if, as the leader of the Hive Mind, the Hive Mind is basically you. So that that, right. that was my thinking for why she was able to kind of
1: opt out afterwards. Uh, I guess the kind of the first thing intrigued me was when she hooked up. And she became part of the collective again. Then when the Romulans were able to jettison a large number of the Borgs who were in stasis into space, uh, it really felt like, to me, she was a mother protecting her cubs mm-hmm. uh, or her kittens. And she had this horrible scream, which I know was sound amplified, but it was just haunting to me where she screamed no, and it seemed to go into the darkness of space.
0: And that 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 scene—it was so good—and like when her eyes uh, kind of yeah. all filled in with the black when she became Borg again. Oh, it it was really impactful, and I felt so sad for all the Borg drones floating into space.
1: Right. It was rough. Yeah. Um... Nerissa, if you ever had any doubts to her cold-blooded killer nature, uh, this, this, this episode dispelled all of those. Uh, she killed as many Borg as she could, as fast as she could. Um, I had to watch it several times um, after the Borg were able to subdue her to try to figure out what happened to her, because at first I thought they had assimilated her, but I think she was able to transport away to the Ramion fleet. Did you think
0: that? Yeah, I so the little flashes of blue. Right.
1: Okay. Um, and then for me, the biggest question was, uh, even while she was hooked up to the collective, she said, Annika still has work to do. Mm-hmm. What do you think she was talking about?
0: I, I think they've been setting up a connection between the synths and the Borg for some time. Uh, and I think that that has something to do with it. I think seven has more of a role to play in either protecting or eliminating the sins. Um, and because its starting I'm gonna go with protecting, uh, hopefully <laughs> I'm really hoping that's the way this this plays out right. Um but yeah, I think I think because the Borg cube that she was a part of had assimilated uh, Narissa's aunt, kind of the the psychic who was at the admonition, the Borg cube has the knowledge of what's coming and why. So I think, when Seven became Borg, she got that knowledge and needs to act on it and has to do that as a individual agent.
1: Oh, interesting. So,
0: yeah, that, that's my theory.
1: <laughs> what about a Borg-Synth alliance?
0: I, I think that is cool. I think maybe – I think that would be possible. I mean there's obvious parallels. Right. Um, uh, since they're less horrifying but fundamentally – the only real difference between them is that they have independent thought rather than hive thought.
1: And what about having the hive uh, being this cube only and not being connected to the greater collective? Could we, could we create sort of a, a different form of uh, Homo erectus borgus?
0: I think that would be really cool and I think I think it's possible cuz like the the cube is disconnected from the rest of the borg uh, which is again probably why 7 was able to leave uh because she wasn't part of like the huge network right be but uh yeah I'm 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 really excited to see what they do with that um and wasn't Elnor sweet when he's just like are you going to assimilate me now is this is this how? I thought that was adorable
1: <laughs> So, uh, you know, it's interesting in our last episode, you talked about when Soji kind of had her self-realization and kind of what that brought up for you and your journey mm-hmm. when um, I'm in recovery and when uh, she hooked up to the board collective and her eyes flashed. I was like, that's what it's like. Mm-hmm. That is what it's like when you get that power rush it's like oh and i know how dangerous that can be so that's kind of it was interesting that's what that brought up uh brought up for me um anything else on the cube that intrigued you
0: a little bit about Narissa talking to her aunt, but I think we'll get that when we talk about the flashback.
1: Uh, well, you just yeah. want to go into the flashback then? Let's
0: do a flashback.
1: Okay. So uh, the flashback was extraordinarily cool. Um, oh, yeah. the, uh, we find out throughout the episode about a planet circled uh, with eight suns that were dragged there, uh, apparently through artificial mechanisms. Uh, and that in itself is extraordinarily cool. We geek out into some technical babble about that. But on the planet, the uh, admonition scene and the initiation scene in the Zat uh I found to be incredibly powerful as well, and it reminded me of a very... Um, Powerful uh, uh, TOS Mm original series issue, where we had uh, people who went insane because of the uh, minds they melded with, or at least even saw in uh, some episodes. So, uh, what did you think about the uh, scenes on the planet?
0: It was super fascinating. I mean, it was it was beautifully shot. Like from the out, like the scenery, the circle, the outfits. Like it was all really. Um, it had almost, it had like a religious look to it, which I thought was really interesting. And because they were talking about functionally summoning a demon yes. um, when you get too far with sins, I, I thought that was really cool. And the admonishment being so horrible and like that was a brutal scene, like right. with the the head smashing and the skin tearing. Um, I, I feel like it made uh, Nerissa a lot more sympathetic as a character.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Um, you know, and like, yeah, it was cold blooded killing the Borg. Um, you know, eliminating Mars. Um, But, you know, she saw something or felt something that caused eight other Romulans to just suicide. (laughs) So, like, and same with Agnes. It made Agnes feel a lot more sympathetic to me as well because she kind of got that even if it was secondhand. Like, it makes those actions, I think, more understandable. Um, And finding out the relationship between Narissa and her aunt um, was also really fascinating. Right. What was your your take on it?
1: So, um, it really, I have to figure out which star Trek, uh, original series episode I'm thinking of. Um, but the, uh, w- we, we have seen, uh, beauty and power and intelligence drive people mad and other star Trek episodes. So that part to me was relatively familiar. Uh, mm-hmm. but the whatever, uh, and I continue to think of Terminator two, uh, where uh, Sarah Connor is given the vision of the uh, nuclear bomb hitting Los Angeles mm-hmm. while she's in the park. And those are the demons that drive her. And so it had a little bit of that feel uh, for me as well. And it's, uh, you think the Navy SEALs are tough to get into? Man, uh, to get into the Zadvash, uh, you have to survive uh, insanity and potential suicide. And these are not, you know, people just seeing something and keeling over or dying. These are people seeing something and picking up a rock and beating themselves to death, uh, themselves to death, uh, shooting themselves. We probably, they probably stabbed themselves or cut their own throats. We just didn't see that.
0: I want to see this demon. (laughs) What does this demon look like?
1: (laughs) So uh, let's move to the La Serena uh, because Mm -hmm. we had a heck of a lot going on there. Um, Oh, did we ever? So Rafi uh, makes a little bit of a comeback. She is uh, sobered up. Uh, She's locked herself out of the alcohol cabinet. We'll see how long that lasts.
0: I thought that was so great. I I love that they added that particular thing. Like, man, if only. (laughs) That was a cool thing.
1: You can tell when there's a screenwriter who's in recovery, Mm -hmm. is all I have to say. Um, And she really steps up. And she steps up in a way, though, that – I found almost stereotypical, mm-hmm. which was she she became the mother. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't want to say she mothered Rios, but she was able to draw out of him enough information uh, and sort of take care of him and and get him sobered up so that he could fulfill his duties as captain. But I will have to tell you, her interrogation of the five holographs, I thought, was as cool a scene as we've seen in this entire series.
0: I love the holograms so much. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you totally there. It was delightful. Like, maybe it was a little silly and a bit of a romp, but gosh, it
1: was fun. It was. It was. Um, so gerardi who at the end of last episode had poisoned herself so that she would uh, end the uh, the tracking device that she had uh, swallowed, awakens. And I have to say, I found that part, uh, I don't want to say less than believable, but uh, let me just say, she doesn't have a lot of credibility to me at this point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So do, do you think that would, the scenes with her where she... Uh, says she was sorry and she would never do it again, uh, that she was brainwashed. Did those ring anything close to being believable to you?
0: I mean, a, a little bit. Yes. Because we had had the benefit, I think of seeing the admonition scene in the flashback. So it's like, right. I, I felt like she was kind of of that number and her actions are explainable in the same way that nurses are more understandable now for the rest of the crew. Of course they don't know that. Um, so I was kind of surprised by how nice they were to her, you know, without having had that knowledge. Um, But again, I guess they are like isolated on the starship. Um, She won't be able to do a lot of, you know, willy nilly murdering. Um, So (laughs) maybe just kind of holding it out's the best thing to do.
1: I wouldn't be sleeping with both eyes shut—that's for sure. It was.
0: It was. It was a little strange. It was a little strange.
1: So, in one very brief scene, we had Picard call uh, his admiral friend back at Starfleet and uh, she basically tells him to F off Uh, well actually shut up (laughs) and F off but um, um, she Do you get the sense she'd been waiting to do that for years? Yes. Like actual years yeah (laughs) and I think she said that Yeah. Um, but I was a little troubled by her immediate response to send the fleet to DS9 or DS12 sorry Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I found that she came around too quickly it was almost as if it was had been planned uh, or at least uh was in uh, some sort of protocol if certain events occurred and that uh, we could have potentially um the good guys become the bad guys and the bad guys become the good guys later on down this series what did did you sense that at all
0: Maybe a little. I mean, kind of the the role of Starfleet and the ethics of Starfleet, I mean, they kind of opened that up as a, a point for discussion early on uh, in this series, but I, I thought her specific decision to send, you know, a squadron um, was more about um, like a CYA, a CYA uh, PR type of thing because you've got high rank, like the chief of Starfleet security was a plant, Um you know, the cold-blooded murders had been ordered. Picard knows. Picard does not have a history of staying quiet about these kind of things. <laughs> so, you know, helping him get things under wraps seemed like the politic decision um, as much as anything else. So whether or right. not it was for good reasons or for bad reasons, I don't know. I mean, They decided not to rendezvous with them anyway. So.
1: <laughs> True. I suspect we'll see them at some point, though. Probably. Um and then uh, I found this quick or, uh, quick dialogue very troubling as well. Near the end, uh, Soji takes control of the La Serena and uh, is going to pilot it to her home world. And Rio says to Picard, It took her all of five minutes to hack all of my security systems, uh, pointing out why synthetic life uh, can outperform human beings and why they might be dangerous to human beings. I think we're actually beyond the memo that I've never gotten that Skynet's self-aware, uh, and now's the time to run. Uh, but I found that to be a, a very troubling foreshadowing of something to come, mm-hmm. or is that just raising ethical questions? Am I making too much of it?
0: I, I think it's, I think it's both. Um, because what Rios was saying is, is almost a reflection of how Starfleet was acting. Um, you know, cause it's a very real concern is like, if, you know, Um, a synth who maybe has the potential to be as good or as bad as any human has these incredibly superhuman powers that is terrifying. (laughs) That's legitimately terrifying. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think it would be stranger if they didn't think about the the possible negative outcomes. I mean, I, I think it was strange if Picard did because of his experience with Data, but for any one who didn't have a pre-existing relationship with a synth, I can understand how that would be terrifying.
1: Right. And once again, uh, these, these themes were uh, played out in several episodes of the original series as well, so I saw a lot of parallels there. Uh, I was also uber excited when she created the tunnel. Uh, to uh, the, Well, she didn't create a tunnel. She found Borg-created tunnels. I was not aware of that's how the Borg traveled from uh not system to system but galaxy to galaxy. Is that something you were aware of? Oh yeah, that played big in Voyager. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, got got to love a good transwarp conduit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that was very cool uh cool as well. So um were there any cookies that s- stuck out for you in this one, Megan?
0: Uh one really big one. A uh, Scottish engineer, anyone? <sighs>
1: <laughs> that was uber cool
0: that was great i like yeah and the lassie um was, was i was i thought that was pretty great
1: yeah you can't say that anymore i guess i wonder if they say that in scotland
0: i think you could say it in scotland but probably not to raffi
1: yeah probably not to Raffy.
0: <laughs> and I, as a rule probably not to anyone over the age of 12 <laughs>
1: Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I guess uh, my other observation was I saw a continuing aging of Picard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure we can call him an aged action hero now. We just may have to call him aged. He, Tell me, what what, what, uh, what do you mean? I, I just uh, felt like um, he um, his voice seemed to be slowing down, and he – Perhaps he was being more thoughtful when he spoke, but it was harder for him to uh, to articulate some of his thoughts. And of course, the scene at the end where uh, he sits in the captain's chair and then recognizes he can't pilot this craft, uh, uh, I thought was uh, a bit sad for me.
0: Yeah, no, no, no that you said that that is true, and it's even I guess that was kind of brought forward a little more when he was talking about you know his memory uh, as an ensign, right. Because uh, that's you know that is kind of a reflecting on the past kind of thing. Yeah, that that's a good point. Oh, that makes me a little sad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so Megan, there's a lot going on in this one. <laughs> so much going a on. A lot going on. They just, I have to say, the screenwriting is just first rate. The uh, the cookies mm-hmm. that they're giving us are great. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think we saw uh, one of the great fight scenes in this one. But the scene with uh, Seven of Nine uh in the Queen's hive was just I, I just that blew me away.
0: Yeah, it, it was I well, I can't wait. I think I think the next episode's gonna take place on the homeworld. Um and we know we're gonna have Nerissa there. I'm pretty sure that little ship that followed La Serena into the Trans Conduit was Merrick. Right. Um I mean we don't know, but I, I, I think it was. Um I'm super excited to see how many synths there are. How many synths are there? <laughs> Is there a whole world of them?
1: Right. So, uh, okay. Well, uh, till next time, Megan, uh, I look forward to continuing the conversation.
0: Sounds great. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode of Trekking Through Compliance,
1: you can help it grow by sharing it with the biggest Trek fan you know.